Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Oh, <laughs> 
Yona, 
J.M. in the A.M., I guess that's my uh, apology selection. (laughs) One of our listeners earlier in the week asked us uh, on the app, on the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, to uh, play an eighth day selection, and I responded that, I think think what I said was I was 100% sure there were no eighth day a cappella selections, but at the minimum I said I don't think there are any a cappella selections from eighth day, and of course... And we found that one off of Shabbos Acapella. It is Eighth Day with Aye Mekom Kivodo. So to the listener who loves Eighth Day, no need to wait till Thursday. That's for you here at JM in the AM. Thursday is Lagba Omer. So, you know, there'll likely be some Eighth Day in there in, in that uh, musical uh, list. I can tell you that much. Uh, 613 had Dodi. You heard Yehuda Solomon with the Vishamru, Yom Shabbason, and Menucha Vesimcha done by Cole Zimra. Yehuda had Aishas Chayel and Regesh. Modaani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's Friday on this April the 27th, day 12 in the month of ER, the year 5778, Tavshinai and Ches. Today is day 27 in the counting of the Omer. It's three weeks and six days, day number 27. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Achrimos, and Kedoshim outside of Israel. Again, Achrimos and Kedoshim outside of Israel. Candle lighting time, 728. On this uh, Erev Shabbos here in New York, 728. Make sure you know when things start where you are. A lot of shuls and and programs begin earlier than regular candle lighting time. Sunday is Pesach Sheni. Lagba Omer is Thursday. We'll be here, of course, with an amazing Jewish music blowout Thursday morning with JM and the AM. So make sure to be tuned in. I don't think you're going to want to miss it. 55 degrees outside, 63% humidity, winds in northeast. Seven miles an hour. Rain today with a high 57. Then tonight, clouds early, clearing late, and a low temperature of 50. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and a high temperature, 62 degrees. 65 right now in Yerushalayim, 55 in New York City. As we say good morning at JM in the AM. The the weather in Israel, first of all, the videos we're seeing are, are just, aside from horrifying, are just impossible to believe uh, in terms of the flooding and the flash flooding that's going on in so many areas of Jerusalem and other areas of Israel. And, of course, this horrific tragedy of the youngsters um, on a bonding trip before heading to the Israeli army who were killed in the Negev flood, in a flash flood in the Negev. Just, I I mean, I I don't even know what to say. Uh, Tragic does not even begin to describe it. And uh, our condolences, of course, our thoughts with the families of these young, young men and women, mostly women, um, who were part of that group and um, were certainly in the wrong place at the wrong time. Just unbelievable. And um, it just shows us, I mean, even at the even at the end of it, although someone from Israel told me yesterday that it's not as unusual as we think that in the month of April there's still 
there's still rain in general in Israel, but this type of natural disaster just uh, horrifying, especially based on the results. Our thoughts with our brothers and sisters in Israel. Friday morning broadcast, it's JM in the AM, Malcolm Honeline about an hour from now, a little bit more. Uh, about an hour and a quarter from now with the weekly update, we'll uh, discuss the news from Israel and other parts of the Jewish world. He is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents, a major American Jewish organization, so he'll join us for the weekly update coming up. Rabbi Yudin at 8.15, two parshios outside of Israel, Achremos and Kedoshim. Uh, we'll do a contest at 8.45 for tickets to the OU Torah New York um, event. It's unbelievable how many people are going to be there Sunday. Just unbelievable. It's indoors at City Field. And frankly, the speakers and topics deserve that type of reaction. They really do. The OU has done such a remarkable job uh, putting together the speakers and topics for Sunday that they really do deserve thousands of people to come and enjoy a day of Torah at City Field. They really do. It's just an, an amazing, amazing lineup. Check it out at OU.org and enjoy it. Really is going to be amazing. So we'll have tickets for that later on. And, of course, uh, Naomi Nachman with Table for Two at 9 o'clock. Erev Shabbos Music Mix is brought to you by our friends at Kedem all the way until candle lighting time. Saturday night, Siegel tomorrow night with Avrami. Matis Sunday morning with JM Sunday. Just It just keeps going. Just keeps going. All the great programming just keeps going here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Baruch Hashem. Friday morning broadcast, Erev Shabbos. Thanks so much for tuning in. More coming up as we continue our Sphere format at JM in the AM. <laughs>
שלפעמים כשבני אדם שמחים ומרקדים, אזי חוטפים איש אחד מבחוץ, אזי חוטפים איש אחד מבחוץ שהוא בעצמות ומרה שחורה. בעניין השמחה, על פי משל, שלפעמים כשבני אדם שמחים ומרקדים, אזי חוטפים איש אחד מבחוץ. אז איך חוטפים איש אחד מבחוץ שהוא בעצבות ומרה שחורה ומכניסים אותו בעל כורחו לתוך מכל המרקדים ומכריחים אותו בעל כורחו ומכניסים אותו בעל כורחו לתוך מכל המרקדים ומכריחים אותו בעל כורחו Thank <laughs> you. 
Oh, oh, oh. 
J.M. and the A.M. on a Friday morning broadcast. Thanks for tuning in. It's the uh, 27th of April and the 12th of ER. Good morning. Day 27 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Three weeks and six days. We have um, we have uh, two parshios outside of Israel. It's Erev Shabbos, Parsha, Zacharymos, and Kedoshim. Candle lighting in New York is a 728. Sunday is Pesach Sheni, and a Thursday, a week from yesterday, Lagba Omer. We're already excited for Lagba Omer. How could we not be? <laughs> We're getting ready very, very, very close to getting back into our regular format, and we can't wait. 55 degrees, rain, and a high temperature of 57. That's what it's like here in New York. In Israel, 65 degrees in Yerushalayim, and the reading about these flash floods and the the devastating, horrific tragedy of the um, 10 young people who were 
taken literally by this natural disaster, by the water of the flash flood in the Aravar region. Just unbelievable. The whole thing is just so hard to believe. And uh, our thoughts, of course, are the families in Israel suffering this devastating, torturous tragedy. Just unbelievable. And um, one doesn't even expect rain, frankly, at this time of year already in Israel at the end of April, but uh, it does happen, and uh, for it to happen the way it has, and we see the videos coming out from so many different areas of this um, just impossible-to-believe flooding, and then we hear a story like this. Ten young people, ten teenagers killed in those circumstances, simply impossible to believe. JM and the AM, Malcolm Holmline will join us. We'll discuss the news of the day and of the week. It's called the Weekly Update, 740 Eastern Time this morning here at JM and the AM. He is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us for the Weekly Update coming up. want to remind everybody that our friends at MASK are um, in conjunction with Torah Psychology are presenting a Viktor Frankl conference sponsored by Interborough and LSA happening this coming Sunday. It's called Awakening Greatness in Children, Transforming the Intense Child, with featured speaker by Y.Y. Jacobson and speaker Howard Glasser, founder of Nurtured Heart Approach, happening this Sunday at Congregation Beth Torah on Ocean Parkway in Brooklyn. The parent track starts at 1030. Register at maskparents.org. The professional track starts at 9 a.m. Register at torahpsychology.org. There'll be a free Naloxone training and kits Parents and professionals are welcome. The uh, event is the Ilunishmas Hanara Malka Aleha Shalom Barbavram Shalom. And um, again, Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson and Howard Glasser will present in Brooklyn, New York, 1061 Ocean Parkway. It all starts at 9 o'clock this coming Sunday morning. Mask, as usual, is there for everybody in our community with their uh, confidential helpline to assist parents and families at 718 758 0400. 718 7580400 mask has support groups and provides referrals for all mental health issues including addiction school issues eating disorders bullying and more they provide in school and camp staff training and community awareness programs check it out uh, by going to the website and uh, by dialing well if you if you have a need to dial the confidential helpline go ahead 7187580400 400. JM in the AM, it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSegal.com on the NachumSegal Network and of course on the beloved NSN app. News from Israel. תשובות <laughs> <laughs> חבריה של מעיין ברהום ספדו לה. 
בלעדייך מה היה לי? החיים לא היה לי סיפוק כהרגלה. נזכור אותך לנצח. את חייך הזוהרים והבהירים, ולא רק את המוות הנורא והאכזרי. והיה לנו כל כך עוד הרבה עצובות. קשה לי לדבר בזמן עבר, מה היה? יש בנו הרבה כעס בקשר לנסיבות ולקבלת ההחלטות, אבל כרגע אנחנו לא רוצים להתמקד בזה. את הקולות מהלוויות הנספים הביאו כתבינו גל חן, עירד עצמון שמייר ושיר עזרף. אילן בר שלום, מראשון לציון, תובא למנוחות בעוד חצי שעה. ביום ראשון תובאנה למנוחות אדירה ענן ממכמורת, רומי כהן ממאור וגלי בללי מגבעתיים. גשם מתחיל לרדת בשעה זו בדרום ים המלח. בעקבות כך חסמה המשטרה לתנועה את הכבישים באזור ים המלח ודימונה, וכן הדרך לכיוון הערבה. בתוך כך כתבנו רמי שאני מעדכן שהוארך בחמישה ימים מעצרם של מנהל מכינת בני ציון ומדריך מהמכינה שמטעמה יצא טיול. עוד בחדשות, קוריאה הצפונית והדרומית סיכמו הסכם שלום ייחתם בין המדינות ובשנה הקרובה יוכרז על סיום המלחמה בין השתיים. כתבתנו אינה אנטונוב בפסגה היסטורית מנהיגי קוריאה הצפונית והדרומית חתמו על הצהרה משותפת לפיה מתחייבים לסיים את המלחמה שנמשכת כבר 65 שנים. השניים גם הסכימו לפעול למען פירוז מלא מנשק גרעיני בחצי האי הקוריאני. נשיא קוריאה הדרומית אמר, החל עידן חדש של שלום. נשיא רומניה קלאוס יוהניס קורא לפטר את ראש ממשלת רומניה בעקבות ההצבעה החשאית שערכה הממשלה בנוגע להעברת שגרירות רומניה לירושלים. בוקרסט הודיע בשבוע שעבר על כוונתה להעביר את השגרירות לבירת ישראל, אך על פי החוק ברומניה על הנשיא לאשר את ההחלטה. לפי שעה יוהניס מתנגד להעברה. ומזג האוויר, גשמים מקומיים יורדים בשעה זו ברחבי הארץ. קיים חשש משיטפונות בין החלי הדרום והמזרח. בשעות אחר הצהריים ייחלש הגשם, בשבת תעלינה הטמפרטורות ובצפון עדיין ייתכן גשם מקומי. אלה החדשות שעורך אריאל זיגלר, בצוות איטיאל דינר ואילי קונפלד. The pain among family and friends of those uh, teenagers who were killed by this flash flood in this terrible uh, episode in Israel. Simply unbelievable. The whole thing is unbelievable. And our thoughts and prayers, of course, with the families at this time. Um, some of the funerals already having taken place. Five minutes after 7 a.m. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. Uh, comments on the NSN app. JM from Teaneck wants to know if Avramel has a cappella selections. I think, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, um, there is a Shabbos Miros album that Avram Fried and his family have done. Yeah, the Friedman family, and I believe it's a cappella, if I'm not mistaken. So check it out. I believe it might be a cappella. Uh, so we'll see if we can get any of that on this morning. Uh, listener Devorah says, one interesting thing about Lagba Omer is that it falls on Sunday. The Rabbanud insists on postponing until Sunday night all the celebrations in Meirom because of the because of Shabbos and the possibility of Chil Shabbos. Unfortunately, as Devorah points out, not everybody uh, follows that directive. Well, this year, Lagba Omer is Thursday, so I guess the majority of, uh, of everything will be happening Wednesday night. Uh, this coming Wednesday night up in Mayrone. And Bakery Guy says, basically, TJIF, Baruch Hashem for Shabbos, and thank God it's Friday. And, uh, yeah, I could sympathize with that. <laughs>
Six minutes after 7 o'clock, we are uh, under 40 minutes away from our weekly update. Malcolm Holmline is going to join us coming up, as we'll discuss the events of the day and the events of the week, all coming up at JM in the AM.
Yeah. 
J.M. in the A.M. As we conjectured, the Friedman family of Raymond Company with the uh, a cappella My Zadie's Miros, that's Curry Bone. Friday morning broadcast, J.M. in the A.M. at 22 minutes after 7 o'clock. Shoring up our list of topics for the weekly update, Malcolm Holmline will join us about 20 minutes from now as we discuss the events of the day and of the week. He is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Feel free to comment on our app. Let us know where you are, what you want to hear, etc., etc. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Friday morning broadcast, JM in the AM with candlelighting in New York at 728. Many synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Achremos, and Kedoshim outside of Israel. That's right. We're not lined up in terms of the Parshios that we read, but it's Achremos, Kedoshim here and everywhere outside of Israel for this week. Keep that in mind. More coming up Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, JM in the AM. Give a 
Friday morning, Erev Shabbos with Leif Tahar on day 27 in the counting of the Omer. 27 is uh, three weeks and six days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Candlelighting in New York, 728. Outside of Israel, we have two parshios, Achremos and Kedoshim. Uh, Rabbi Yudin will address both coming up later on. Pesach Sheni is Sunday. Lagba Omer finally is Thursday. We'll get back to our regular format of music coming up Thursday. Lagba Omer here at JM in the A. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. If you want to print out thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world before Shabbos, get to their site ASAP. Again, JewishWorldReview.com. And, of course, a big thank you to OnlySimplest.com as we continue to produce great content for the Jewish world. They continue to grab a lot of it and include it in their news feed. That happens on a regular basis each and every day. It's not just Smachot, but other great news from around the Jewish world as well. Check it out each and every day at OnlySimplest.com. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He joins us for the weekly update here on a Friday morning era of Shabbos. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good to be with you. Appreciate that. It's unusual for me to start by asking you for a comment about the weather in Israel, but we know about this horrific uh, flash flooding, which uh, and, and the, the videos, frankly, are almost impossible to believe when we see them, and the danger that everyone's in who's near these sites uh, is unfathomable. And, of course, it took the lives of 10 teenagers in this horrific tragedy uh, that, again, um, uh, not much to say about it, but I felt uh, we have to start by at least uh, noting it and by uh, extending our uh, condolences to those families who are suffering through all of this. Uh, it's rare that we see something like this, a natural disaster, especially this time of year in Israel. It's a tragedy that is just horrific, and there have been some arrests now of uh, some of the youth leaders who were involved. And I mean, it's a compounding tragedy. And think of all these families uh, going into Shabbos now with uh, suffering the loss of their children and really beautiful kids. Um, the, the This is not such an unusual phenomenon that you have these flash floods in the Negev because the ground is hard. It doesn't get absorbed. And when you have heavy rains like this, the, uh, the and the water accumulates and it comes rushing down at such a high speed. I, I saw it once happen in the Negev, and it pushed a car off the road. And the uh, unfortunately... I had some work for me whose husband, she and her husband, uh, had only been recently married, were in the, in the Negev with permission, legally, and a flash flood came down where they were uh, hiking and 
washed him away, and they found him a long distance away from there. Unbelievable. And so people don't know the power, and when they warn, so often they warn people about uh, what not to, you know, where not to go and what not to do, people have to take it seriously. Plus, on top of that, the um, the same type of weather as you just described, in the middle of Jerusalem, in the middle of town. And uh, then the flooding in Tel Aviv and Yerushalayim, it's it's uh, really uh, unbelievable to, to see uh, the the uh, big stores were, which are being flooded, and then some of the stuff just rushed out of the door and floating down the street. Unbelievable. People keep sending videos of this, uh, to, you know, so while it's entertaining to watch, you've got to think of the consequences and the cost to people. It is unbelievable. And I guess, I mean, someone said to me, someone who lives in Jerusalem said to me last night, that it's not that unusual, while the calendar still says April to have rain, but obviously a natural disaster like this is so out of the ordinary. A, 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 a little You describe the regularity which it does occur, but obviously still pretty rare. Anyway, our thoughts and prayers with the families, as you mentioned, going into Shabbos with this, some already laid to rest, these precious teenagers, others whose funerals will take place this coming Sunday. Um, speculation about the next uh, chairman of the Conference of Presidents. Is there any comment you can make publicly yet on this issue? Well, we've announced that the nominating committee, which went through a very extensive process, and we had really outstanding candidates this year, uh, many, uh, more than uh, usually, and uh, they uh, finally, after many meetings and a long process, recommended he's not been elected yet, that will take place on Monday, uh, Arthur Stark, who's president of Friends of IDF from New Jersey, a businessman, he's president of Bad Beth and Beyond, and a, a longtime active in the community, uh, was on the board of Kushner Academy, where his children attended. He has um, been long associated with the, the community in Livingston uh, and with uh, activities, a broad range of organizations, and I'm sure he will be an outstanding chairman to succeed Steve Greenberg, who wasn't and is an outstanding chairman. All right, and this is essentially a formality. You expect that by the end of Monday he will officially be elected the next uh, conference chair. I anticipate it, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, one thing we know about elections in this country, you never know. We've learned that lesson already, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, well, it's Friday, and that means that uh, if you have any um, a Gaza protest update or anything else that might be going on either on the border of Israel or uh, regarding protests in any other regard. You know, Friday sometimes can heat up in that area. Have you heard anything? Not yet. There's no uh, update regarding uh, the events there. Obviously, the attention has all been focused on the situation in the Negev. But these types of activities, it's possible, as we've seen now over the last couple of weeks, assuming, again, that it's out of the news, you know, out of the regular news cycle for normal reasons. I know, as you said, that obviously people are paying more attention to the tragedy. It's possible this this is waning. It's possible that it hit its crescendo already, right? Well, it has been diminishing, and that was the important thing to watch. I think we mentioned it on the air, is to see how what, what happens with numbers. Do they go up? Do they go down? Right. And the, it's clear that the numbers keep going down. Uh, I think last week uh, were only a few thousand uh, people. doesn't diminish the uh, the drive for attention, public attention, and for the, you know, the media to be able to, to hit Israel again and again over this. Uh, but in fact, it's, it's, um, 
the, the numbers are, the, are an indicator that this is something that has been uh, stimulated and it's been uh, organized by Hamas and that most of the um, people who participated were Hamas operatives and were sent there just to be used and to be, uh, you know, they were recruited. There were buses that drove around to pick people up at, at specific locations. And the um, uh, I know that some Palestinians were caught trying to bring in uh, Israel with a pipe bomb and uh, at the Anyal checkpoint. And the uh, there are there are constantly efforts to break through the um, the fence. And I know they uh, that one of the journalists, a Palestinian journalist, that was shot uh, died of his wounds. Uh, but no stories uh, yet about uh, new numbers for today. We can anticipate that given the upcoming May uh, 15th designation in, of the site for the new embassy, 14. Uh, that May, May 14th, right, that uh, um, we can see a, a, another escalation that will be forthcoming. All right. Well, we'll certainly pay attention to that. And later on in this conversation, I do intend to ask you if you have any further information regarding uh, the uh, the celebratory aspect of the embassy move. All right, uh, speak to us if you would about this Macron visit. It's a, President Macron of of uh, France. It's a it's a little bit confusing because we we constantly see a renewal, as we understand it. Me, we meaning the average layman understand it, the renewal by President Trump of the Iran deal. Macron shows up, expresses what seems to be some dissatisfaction with the current deal. And it seems that the President of the United States, you know, will be swayed possibly to in fact change the conditions of the deal. So if he's not happy with it, why does he continue to endorse it? And if he is happy with it, why you why pay attention to the request of the President of France to change things? So there are two subjects. One is the visit of the President and his um, the relationship between him and President Trump seems to be very close. Yeah. Uh, they struck it from the beginning, and they uh, refer to each other and act clearly as, um, as uh, reflecting a, a very positive uh, relationship. And, and Macron has spoken it publicly, uh, differentiating himself from uh, the vast majority, I think, of the EU countries who... who don't have a high regard for the for the president, right. uh, and mostly for the good things that he's done, the right things that he's done, where they disagree. And one of the issues, obviously, is the uh, very um, immediate issue of May 12th and what's going to happen with the extension of the JCPOA, uh, the, the deal with Iran. And we have to see that obviously Iran has been in violation by most estimates, and that it's it's a fl- very flawed deal. And the president was and may still be on uh, the road to to reject it and to pull out of it. It's not clear, and I don't think any decision has been made. I've not seen, and I've spoken to many of the people there. I don't. I have not seen any indication yet that there really is a final uh, decision on it. Uh, in fact, Mike Pompeo, the new Secretary of State, and General Mattis may, in fact, both be supporters of staying in and changing it. And I think that's what Macron was trying to sell him, that you have more impact by uh, trying to get amendments, trying to get additional sanctions. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Europe has the stomach for additional sanctions. And most of all, they just you know let things move on. But the, the areas where they're talking about 
are both related to JCPOA and then things outside of it, like the missile program, that uh, they, they, you know, they, they continue to expand both the capacity, the range, the sophistication of the missiles, and also the export to, to Hezbollah, to Yemen, to other places. Uh, you know, they fired more than 100 missiles at Saudi Arabia from Yemen, and they're trying to attack the Aramco oil facilities, other things which uh, could not happen without Iranian backing support supplies. So the question of Iran's human rights violations, Iran's um, the, uh, support for regional terrorism, uh, Iran's uh, role in in um, in many of the conflicts in, in the region, all of these are factors that uh, they're talking about including or finding ways to, to find additional sanctions uh, to, to apply to them. You know, the range of the missiles isn't as important as the, the payload because even medium-range missiles, and there's been a lot of discussion about banning long-range, well, medium-range missiles hit Israel, hit Saudi Arabia, hit the critical immediate uh, target. So it's not so much the range, the payload... Right. And the it's ability, the, the, the things able to carry a nuclear warhead, and and these details are important because these are the things to look at to see whether any of them are achieved, and the question of whether you get full time inspection, whether they get access to military facilities, which they haven't really uh, had till now. And these missiles are not included in the original Iran deal. That's right. Um, Macron, by the way, if in fact. The desire is to get an addendum, which I now understand. In other words, you can keep the deal the way it is, but you insist that in order for it to remain in place, that a certain addendum be added, right? That would essentially be the strategy? That would be the strategy, if the, is to, to give the Iranians a, a, a united front and say, here are the conditions under which we want this to continue. The Iranians right. say, we won't negotiate. They're not going to change it. You take it or you leave it. And if you leave it, understand the consequences that we will bust out or we will do what we want. They're not going to bust out so quickly. Iran's right. economy is in shambles. Iran, internally, there are demonstrations continuing all the time. They just don't get any coverage in the West. The young people are alienated from this regime. Older people are alienated from this regime. Unemployment is soaring. It's very high numbers, not the numbers you read about, uh, but much higher than that, especially amongst younger people, you know, uh, college graduates. It could be as high as 40%. And the, uh, in general, the internal situation, and, and then you go to the periphery areas where we know that there's been uh, much more unrest. So the, the Iran situation is not ideal, and they, for them, the real challenge um, of uh, of having to come to grips with with change. There's more leverage. We have more leverage than uh, people know. Iran continues the infusion of money, billions, while their people are going without jobs, and there's a lot of deterioration of the infrastructure. And they're putting billions into Africa. They're building hospitals, 100 schools. He has these special seminaries that are under Khamenei's direct patronage. They have 6,000 seminarians, 6,000 people in these midrashas who are being trained in extremist ideology. In I think in 17, uh, they have branches in 17 African countries. And I only cite this as one example to know how, how aggressive Iran's outreach uh, continues to be and, and in who, Latin America, which we've talked about, and who's funding all that? Iran, with the money they seem not to have, unless they the, and, the and their real, their 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 currency, 
uh, has gone down one-third just in September of this year. It was like 61,000 reals, but they pegged it at 42,000, which is an artificial rating. So when you compare it to what the the black market uh, would be, and we see yet they're sending cargo planes to Syria all the time, and the, the fear is, of course, that they're transporting weapons. They started after the U.S. Uh, missile attack. And we saw the step up of these uh, flights. And obviously Israel, the United States, and others are very concerned. But they're, they're going through a period of ac- economic stagnation. Uh, there's no public benefit from all the money that they got, $150 billion. And the, the, there are a lot of uh, uh, failures of financial institutions. And the, I mentioned the, the, the protests uh, that continue, but especially amongst students, amongst young people, amongst others, it's, it's very complicated. It's a very negative time for them. Right. So they have no money, but the money they do have, they're spending on the camps and on the uh, you know, centers of and terror. And this outreach right. and, the, and this terror infiltration outreach. into Africa. Right. By the way, the Turks are also trying to recruit people from Africa. And their support for Hamas, Hezbollah, that all of that continues uh, unabated. But I, one last thing, though, before with the Iran deal for a moment. If, in fact, this is the strategy, if, in fact, you know, now with a, with a partner in France, with France being a partner of the United States, a more solid partner than, than Macron's uh, predecessor uh, with President Trump. And in fact, you know, your conjecture is, is, is the road they're on, that they're you know, going to seek some type of addendum and pressure Iran to add it to the deal. Then why would Macron put the pressure on Trump by declaring to the world that likely Trump's going to drop the entire Iran nuclear deal? Is that a strategy? Is that a just, you know, is he trying to be, uh, is he trying to, Put pressure on the U.S. to no. I think that that's that's what they honestly believe that, uh, and that Trump probably told them that he wants to dump this. He doesn't believe that it can be fixed. So, uh, and as I said, I don't think anybody can predict at this point what that they, uh, what the decision is because I don't think there is a decision. Right. I think there are differences within the administration about uh, w- what they should do, and uh, that's why when Macron said it, I don't think he was baiting him. I think that's exactly what he thinks. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com on the NahumSiegel Network and <clears throat> on the beloved NSN app. What do you think of the meeting of the two Koreas that's taking place as we speak? Oh, it's certainly historic, and I think the president has a right to, to claim some uh, uh, credit, credit uh, some influence in, in this decision, but it's certainly dramatic. The fact that he, he crossed over uh, the boundaries into uh, into coming to South Korea, I think all of these things are, are really quite remarkable. So tough talk makes a maniac a bit more reasonable. Would that be a way of putting it? <laughs> well, I, I think that that the that people like Kim uh, and others, dictators, uh, Khamenei included, and his allies. They, they probe for weakness, and where they find it, they exploit it. And where they meet resistance, they back off. Right. And we know that this is the pattern throughout all of history, and, and uh, it, it's true today as it was in the past, that they, they, will go, they will continue to push. It's called protracted conflict, that you push ahead two steps and you back off one. Right. But here, if you push them back for, far enough, if you really... If America really exercises the leadership it can, mobilizes others to follow with them, you have allies in the region like Saudi Arabia, UAE, Egypt, et cetera, et cetera, and of course Israel. They they can 
they can make a difference and they can change the course of actions. And if we do it early, if we anticipate issues, we won't have to get involved in these morasses that involve huge expenditures of funds. If we would move quickly and early and effectively and have a policies that are clear, that our allies know where we stand, our enemies know where we stand. And the fact that they think he's capable of doing these things, as we saw with Bush, too, when he, when they thought he was really uh, crazy enough to act against them, when he did the acts of evil speech, he was at the peak of his power with them. Right. So you you got to know how you how to deal with your enemy. It's if you want peace, you got to be strong. You got to be tough. You got to stand up to it. What a great lesson! Uh, will our new Secretary of State have a role in these negotiations with Korea? Uh, I, he's making. He's actually just already left on a tour that supposedly will bring him also to Israel. Maybe for May fourteenth. I don't know, but he uh, uh, he is uh, he's going off on a on, with a strong start. But he's somebody who knows. He's not somebody who has to be educated about American policy, et cetera. You know, because of his years in Congress, the CIA. Uh, he's very competent, very uh, sympathetic to Israel. Has uh, so many friends and and relationships there. So I should put him on the fifty fifty list for May the fourteenth embassy move. He's on the question mark column. He's on the question mark <laughs> column. You can put him there. Yeah. Is there anybody yeah. yet in the definite Save a column? For him. Yeah. Is there anybody yet in the definite column, or is everyone still in the question mark column? Does anybody have a clue who might show up on Monday the fourteenth of May in Jerusalem for this ceremony? Uh, well. Um there have been, well, I think you can count on the fact that the ambassador and uh, Jason and maybe uh, Jared and uh, uh, others has talked that Mnuchin will go. There was talk that others, the question of who would lead the delegation. Uh, there was even uh, some speculation that Bolton would go, but I don't think that's the case. And Bolton has a lot to do here and that the president not going and or the vice president, the, the supposedly they're, they're bringing 250 people. And um, and oh, a a, a, a delegation. The embassy will be having their own people, even though they supposedly uh, low keyed the event. It seems to be at a high key for a low key. It's on the higher end of low key events. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so the delegation of the U.S. could total two fifty or more. You're saying that's what they're saying. Wow, I didn't realize that. Uh, it should be interesting, and we'd expect obvious. I shouldn't say obviously. We'd expect the majority of Knesset members to be there, right? I would guess. Um, or is that not the case? I don't know. We'll have to see whether yeah, I what wonder. role Israelis play in it. Obviously, uh, I assume that well, we don't have a foreign minister, so the prime minister will probably have to. He is the acting foreign minister, so I guess he'll be there. Right. He, although you remember when the president went to the Kotel, he didn't have any Israelis there. Right. I'm sure in this instance, the Israelis will be invited. Which country? And would... the mayor, of course, of, of Jerusalem. Right. Someone told me this week that one of the countries that we thought was actually uh, putting their embassy in Jerusalem is changing it to a consulate. Now I don't remember what that was, but... uh. Well, there are a lot of issues that are emerging. The Czech president said that they would move Honduras, uh, the Paraguay's president who's going out of office, uh, did urge it be moved. The Romanians, uh, the the prime minister and the the government uh, approved it. And the president opposes it. Now the president today is calling for the resignation of the prime minister over this issue. Oh, boy. And so it gets more and more interesting. Uh, So we'll see how many countries actually make the move and what the nature of the move they make is. Hey, what do you think of that New York Times correction? Uh, Apparently the New York Times does acknowledge 
that the uh, that the PA and PA families acknowledge the fact that families are paid when terrorists go ahead and blow up Jews. I think th- th- there are a couple of things that um, one should say about it. One, it's good that they made the correction, right. but that but the language they used went far beyond. Uh, it, it, it said that it implied that this was part of the right wing conspiracy, the fake news, the other stuff. Right. Uh, uh, in the New York Times story, and it was only a long time thereafter, after being pressured about it, they essentially denied that the Palestinians were paying the terrorists, even though Abbas has been declaring it. Abbas gave speeches about it, and then they couldn't, they had to face up to that reality, because, you know, they're reporting on the one hand that that he's saying all these things, and then they're denying that that he's doing it. And everybody knows that the payments are being made. Everybody knows that... The nature of the system that they have, that it's it's mandatory, and that people who kill, whether they're in prison, whether they get killed, whether they're uh, still in the lamb, they they get uh, they and their or their families or survivors get significant amounts of money. The Taylor Force Act that was passed by the United States acted on that and denies money to the PA because of it. So finally, the New York Times decided that uh, that they made an erroneous reference to Palestinian actions. But in the meantime, they talk about, uh, you know, they had talked about it as, uh, uh, you know, one of the far-right conspiracy uh, issues. Yeah. Um, so uh, the an unsat- a weak correction, let's put it that way. A, a, uh, a, a, I would say yes. A full, no, but it, I think we should look at the at the source and the right, cause and think full, of right. how many. I mean, they do this all the time. But if that's the attitude, and if they they didn't have the information, so what kind of people are writing for them if they didn't know the true facts on this after all of the public exposure? Right. Let me say it differently: a blatant lie and a weak correction. By the way, speaking of Abbas, he's going to lose his Jordanian citizenship. So they say, but let's see what happens. And does it matter? Is this like a procedural thing from Jordan, or are they ma- making a statement against the PA? Well, this gives him a, a, a passport to travel on, but um, uh, I, I don't know if you should read too much into it. Yet. All right, yeah, no, it doesn't seem as big of a deal as as the headline uh, uh, seems. Is UNRWA going bankrupt or not? I mean, I think hope UNRWA goes out of business, right. but then there's no excuse for its existence after all after seventy years. Well, they claim money may actually now take it out because of the, of the bankruptcy possibility. May actually take it out of existence. It may just fold. It may fold, but then you have to think about who picks up the responsibility. So while we can talk lively about the, the, what's wrong with UNRWA, but the it's the closing uh, could put a big burden on Israel too. Right. Uh, you and I rarely speak about these issues before our conversations start on Friday. Today was a bit of an exception. We got into a short conversation about anti-Semitism in 2018. And I wonder what you think when you see these Kippa marches in Germany, for instance, this week, 2,000, maybe more, a gathering together, Jew and non-Jew alike, wearing kippot, specifically to make a statement about feelings toward Jews. I had spoken to you just, uh, like I said, minutes before the broadcast about the differences between now and 70, 80 years ago uh, for Jews in this world. As, as It is interesting to watch with all the uh, protests and votes for divestment, anti-Israel, uh, Hollywood speak, uh, episodes on the streets of New York and many other cities around the world. It is interesting sometimes to see these rallies take place in a place like Germany. Well, it is one of the issues I'll talk about this week in, in, in Great Neck, but the look at just what's come out this week. 
obviously in the United States and in New York City, we saw numerous attacks. In Canada, there were 1,752 anti-Semitic attacks. That's more than four a day. And there's harassment, increase in violence in, in the past year. France, you had 300 political leaders, intellectuals, others, um, uh, addressing the question of ethnic cleansing of Jews or protesting it, that 10% of the Jews in Paris have moved, they've been forced to move from the neighborhoods in which they live. Uh, the, the, there were at least a dozen or so assassinations in the past 10 years of Jews in, in uh, France. And the, the, um, and the number of attacks, the, the, there are French Jews make up 1% of the population, yet 40% of the racist crimes are against Jews. And there are many more statistics that I, that I could give. Sarkozy and Valls joined those 300 uh, political leaders, the former president and prime minister. Right. Um, so there you also have an average of more than uh, uh, four attacks uh, a day. And as I said, uh, people paying the ultimate price. In Germany, in Great Britain, all of them, 1,382, 1,453 attacks in the past year. And this is the highest since they started keeping records. I know in Great Britain where you have CST, which does a great job. And in Germany, the Keeper March, which even the Minister of Justice supported, and many others in prominent position, after a young Palestinian Arab, uh, Israeli Arab, a Muslim, was put on a yarmulke to go in the streets to see what his Israeli Jewish counterparts were facing, or Jewish counterparts were facing, and uh, was subsequently attacked on the streets in Berlin, and it's obviously not the first time, but it caused it called attention to it, and that's what led to the Kippa March, because the leader of the German-Jewish community said people shouldn't wear kippot outside, they shouldn't wear uh, uh, outward symbols. Some of the rabbis and chief rabbis have said that too, but not about the Amaka, and then of course there was a response from the chief rabbi of Israel and others that Indeed, people should wear yarmulke. You don't succumb to this terrorism. That's a victory for them. And the reaction of the public was to have the Kippa march. But it's, you know, it's, it's not restricted to any one place. And if it can happen in New York City and it can happen in Berlin, it can happen in Great Britain, in, in London, in Paris, it should be of great concern. And when we're marking the anniversary of Yom HaShoah a week ago, and this, this year is the anniversary, the 18th anniversary of Kristallnacht, which yeah. was the official, I guess, historical beginning of the, of what we call, of the period called the Shoah, even though it began uh, earlier. Um, we all should be looking at this and seeing what lessons we learn, and nobody should be complacent about these attacks. This is not to be dismissed. These are significant numbers, and we know that it begins this way, and there are ideological components, there are political components, and when on our campuses, even Jewish kids join sometimes in these anti-Israel measures or boycotts of Israel because they don't like the political leadership and uh, other manifestations, which really do amount to anti-Semitism. Uh, Malcolm Honline is going to be speaking three times tomorrow at Great Neck Synagogue. Those of you in the area, keep that in mind. Three times tomorrow at Great Neck Synagogue. And I bet you someone's going to ask you how all this could be happening if we have a state of Israel for 70 years. You know, we all thought that having having our own state, and we see how many examples, thank God, that the state does protect Jews around the world. But still, with all these episodes, incidents, and uh, and votes and demonstrations, it's uh, even with the state. This is something. But think of what what would what 
would be happening if we didn't have the state of Israel? Yep. How many lives would have been lost? Yep. And you know the new projections that came out on Yom Atzmuth last week that the the population now is eight million eight hundred forty two thousand and seventy five percent are are Jews and the Jewish birth rate um, being sustained at a, at a higher and higher rate. And the, but that the projection by twenty forty eight hundredth anniversary, there will be fifteen point two million people in Israel. Unbelievable, and me- many of them try to escape situations like you just described around the world. And more and more, <laughs> look how much French you hear when you walk yeah. around the streets in different places. I mean, we spoke near sp- the water where they like to live, but uh, but also South Americans, others are, are recognizing. But we don't want them to leave because. A bad, they should be leaving because of the good. That the you, when you see the fertility rate for Israelis at uh, three point one one, it means that people have uh, are optimistic and they, you know, the life is good and the, the, the tuition is manageable in Israel for those who send their kids to to the religious schools or to the government schools and uh, life expectancy. In uh, I think when Israel was founded was for women it was around sixty seven. And for men, uh, 65 or less. And now it's 84 for women and 80.6 for men. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Man, it's a place to live. It's and they're is. the 11th happiest people in the world. And if you, you look at all the studies with all the fetching that people have about Israel, the fact is that Israelis' quality of life, at the economic situation, certainly there is a gap and you have... Uh, Many people, still hundreds of thousands, living below the poverty level. But that has to be addressed. But overall, the quality of life is very good. You know, and finally, uh, until this week's trip by Ayala Chaked, I didn't realize there's still 8,000 uh, people who identify as Jews in Ethiopia uh, who I think, if I read things correctly, are ready, speaking of moving, are ready to move to Israel today. Is this an effort that Israel is going to undertake at this point? This is very complicated and very sensitive. Uh, you know, many in the government argue that no matter how many they take out, there's still more and there's still more. Others say, no, these are all legitimate people who sustained their Jewish identity during the period. So it has they have to be reviewed, and I think that these are basically people who have been vetted already. Wow. So Israel has said that they will do it on a, you know, a, is still taking in Jews on a limited basis, but I know ministers have gone there to study it, and uh, the chief rabbis, others have are constantly monitoring it because the amongst some of the, came, the those who came from Ethiopia, you have people who remained Christians when they came to Israel or other faiths, and uh, you know if they are first degree relative, they they have the right to come. Right. So it's it's a little bit complicated, but and very sensitive. Uh, I know the president of Israel is going to be visiting Ethiopia soon, and having been involved in the, in pushing for the rescue of Ethiopian Jews, obviously we care very much about them. Um, so I hope that the, you know they can every time that though that they finish, that's the argument being made <coughs> that there are always more right. who will come because obviously life in Israel is much better. But on the other hand, if they're legitimately Jewish and have an affinity and ready to move. They argue that they should be allowed to come. Great Next Synagogue tomorrow. By the way, they have a wonderful rabbi in Great Next Synagogue. Which they I'm certainly sure, do. I'm sure you know that. I know him for uh, a long time. 
Uh, finally, uh, tell Mr. Arthur Stark this is a time for really important, serious American Jewish leadership. So uh, I, ho- I hope he knows what he's getting himself into. <laughs> well, he has a couple weeks to, to sharpen the knives before he actually takes office, and he succeeds an amazing man and who will stay involved, and his predecessors who are remarkable people. And you look at the panoply, even though we criticize Jewish leadership, you see that they're really a really remarkable group of people who cover the entire spectrum, religiously, politically, etc. And uh, while we don't deal with religious issues in the conference, you know, we have everybody represented there, and it's very important to sustain uh, uh, the, the forum uh, for Achtos, for people to come together, even if they differ, but to be able to communicate with one another, work together, and differ in respectful ways. Excellent. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Enjoy great night. We'll speak again next week. Great. Take care. Good Shabbos. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He joins me, of course, and all of us in the collective Jewish world, mourning the loss of the 10 teenagers in this terrible natural disaster in Israel. We spoke about it earlier. Our thoughts and prayers with the families in our beloved homeland of Israel. Friday morning broadcast, JM and AM at 22 minutes after 8 o'clock. On this era of Shabbos, outside of Israel, we read two parashios, Achremos and Kedoshim, this time each and every Friday, every era of Shabbos. With great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good have Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading the two parshios of Achrimos and Kedoshim. Just want to remind everybody that this Sunday is Pesach Sheni. Please, God, we should be Zolchem this forthcoming year to have the third Beis Migdash, and then Emir Hashem will celebrate those who could not bring the first Pesach will have an opportunity to bring the second Pesach. These two parashios contain a total of 79 mitzvos. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Achrimos contains two positive mitzvos and 26 restrictions. You have in Parshas Achrimos the Avodas Yom HaKippurim, the special service that was done once a year on Yom Kippur. And you have at the end of Parshas Achrimos, the Parsha of the Arayos, the forbidden sexual relations, and specifically how the land of Israel is very much tied up with morality, that while morality is to be maintained throughout the world, but the land of Israel specifically cannot maintain, sustain immorality. So there are two positive and 26 restrictions in Parshas Achrimos. And Parshas Kedoshim, the second Parsha, contains 51 mitzvos, 13 positive, and 38 restrictions. And as Rashi tells us on the opening verse of Kedoshim, that Rov Gufei Torah, Tuluyimba, many, many of the major principles of our Torah are contained in Parshas Kedoshim. I'd like to call your attention to an interesting verse in the Torah, 
one that is uh, perhaps even more well-known than others, and that is in Kedoshim, chapter 19, Pasuk 18, whereby the verse concludes, Literally, you are to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that is such a challenging mitzvah, because on the spot, Rashi tells you, Omer Rabbi Akiva, Zeklal Godobatora. Rabbi Akiva taught, this is a great theme and principle of the Torah. Okay, now watch. The same Rabbi Akiva in the Gemara Bava Metziah, a very famous story, the Gemara poses the following question. If I have two men in the desert and they have but one canteen of water. Okay? Now, the question is, who does the canteen belong to? If it belongs to both of them, then it's understood that both must drink and they share the canteen equally. If, however, it belongs to one of them, what do they do? So Ben Petura says, what do you mean, what do they do? They share it, because after all, how could one drink and allow and watch his friend to die, perish from thirst? Let them both drink and share the consequences equally. Comes along Rabbi Akiva, who a moment ago taught the Haftariach Kamocha and said, wait a minute. Please, God, we're going to see in two weeks after Kedoshim, there is the Parsha of Bahar. And there, in Parsha's Bahar, the Torah teaches the principle, Vochai Ochicha Imach, that your brother shall live with you. And Rabbi Kiva learns from this verse that Chayecho Kodmin, your life comes first. And so, according to Rabbi Kiva, you must drink the water. And to make this even a bit more challenging, let's say it's you and your father who drinks. I didn't ask you who you want to drink. You want to give it to your father. You want to honor the fifth commandment. Rabbi Kiva would tell you, you drink. It's the night of the Pesach Seder, and there's one kazayas of matzah, and you can't share it, because if each one eats half a kazayas, none of you get the mitzvah. I want to give the matzah to my father. If it belongs to neither of us, of course I'm going to give it to him. But if it is my matzah, then I have to eat it. Good. So the words are not to be taken literally because there are times when you come first. And in addition, the famous Gemara in Shabbos where the potential convert comes to Shammai and says, teach me the entire Torah while you're standing on one foot. And we know that Shammai drives him away and said, come on, don't waste my time. And Hillel says, okay, my friend, get on the one foot. And while he's standing on one foot, he says to him the following, what is harmful, hateful to you, 
don't do to the next one. He doesn't give it to him in the positive, love your neighbor as yourself, because that is impossible. The Torah and has given nature into man of self-preservation, that you love yourself, which you are too, and you have an obligation, so what does it mean? So, among the many meanings is, as we just said, and let's take it with the Ramban. The Ramban says that you should put yourself and be sensitive to the state of your neighbor, meaning treat him as you would want to be treated. I use this example. My wife says, we're going to a wedding. Who is the wedding? It's a former classmate, roommate of hers, her child. She's maintained a relationship with this woman. I don't really know them. I certainly don't know the chassan. And so I'm going to go to accompany the wed- my wife. Good. She's going to dance with the women. And when they get up to dance, what am I going to do? What do you mean, what am I going to do? I'm going to take out my phone, because on my phone I have I've got all of Kolatoro Kula on my phone. I'm going to do the Dafyomi. I'll do the Shtayim Mikra, Viecha Targum. No, I'm going to get up to dance. Why? Because just as at my wedding I want people to dance with me, at the Chassan's wedding, he wants people to dance with him. Lo'alenu, someone is sitting shiva in your community, go and be with them, because in such a time, you would not want to be alone. So this is how the Ramban understands But I would like to point out, wow, please open the Chumash, and take note what the beginning of the Pasuk says. The Pasuk begins, this is chapter 19, Pasuk 18, in Vayikra, Losikom velositor is b'nei which means that you're not to take revenge, and you're not to bear a grudge against another Jew. So what does that mean? And Rashi gives the famous examples. You ask your neighbor, Could you please borrow his whatever? Usually, he is very forthcoming, gracious, etc. He happened to say, no, no, you can't borrow my lawnmower today. And next week, when he asks you, could could he borrow your shears? You're going to say, you didn't lend me, I'm not going to lend you. That's losikon, don't take revenge. Lositor is... He didn't lend you his lawnmower. When he comes for your shears next week, you're going to lend it to him. But you're going to do so with a shtoch. You're going to say to him, Sure, I'm not like you. You didn't lend me your lawnmower. I'm lending you my shears. Now that also is a biblical violation. So the Torah enumerates these two. And then how does the verse conclude? The verse concludes with the Ahaftal Riachu Kamocha. 
Do you realize what the Pasuk is saying? And this is found in the 11th chapter of Mesilas Yeshorim. Amazing. Not only may I not take revenge, not only may I not bear a grudge, but I want to say almost naturally that person is going to go down a peg in terms of your affection, admiration for that person. And it's bedafka there that the Torah says, excuse me, there, love your neighbor as yourself. Which friend do I have to love? Not the neighbor that's good to me and I'm good to him, that when I'm away, he takes in my mail and he waters my plants. No, no, we're talking about the one that was not so good to you. Unbelievable. Now, I really believe that this fits into a pattern. Rav Hirsch, Sochron Levracha, says, take a look. The Torah teaches in the extreme. There is no verse in the Torah that says that when a Jew dies, bury him, and bury him on that day. Oh, yes, there is such a verse, but it's talking about the criminal, a person who, God forbid, was sentenced to be hung. And that's rare. Okay, there are very few sins, and the Torah then says, immediately take down the body and bury that body on that day. If you bury a criminal, all the more so, all the more so a good person. And similarly, in this week's parsha, says the Torah, Lo Sekalel, don't curse. But it doesn't say don't curse. It says don't curse a deaf man. I can't curse a deaf man, all the more so. The Torah teaches in the extreme. The Torah is teaching, I believe, in the extreme as well here. Quote, Shvert What does that mean? It's difficult to be a Jew. It used to be difficult to keep Shabbos. It used to be difficult to keep kosher. You know what's difficult? It's difficult to have love for the Jew who, forgive me, irritates me a little bit for the Jew who doesn't live up to the same golden ideal standards that I do. And the Torah says, love him. The Torah says that you are too, as the Gemara says in Bava Metziah, the concept of there's a mitzvah of prika, there's a mitzvah of tina. Prika means to unload an animal, which is the load has shifted, the animal is in pain, it's called Tsar Balei Chaim, and Te'ina is to help a Jew lift up the load to put it on the animal. So, needless to say, Prika, to unload, comes before Te'ina, which is loading. However, says the Talmud, what if it's my best friend where he requires Prika? He requires to have the animal unloaded, which has pain for the animal, because the load has shifted. And my enemy requires Te'ina simply lifting up. What comes first? The answer is, go and help your enemy first. Why? Literally, to make it such that you're not going to have an enemy, because by doing for the next one, that is how you're going to overcome the feelings of enmity, or God forbid, not liking the next person. Tonight, in Tillam 99.
as part of the Luchun the service before Mariv, until him 99, the Oz Melech Mishpat Ahev Ator Konanto Meshorim. Mighty is the king who loves justice. It is you, Hashem, who established man to be good. If you are good, it's because the Torah makes you into that very special person. The many mitzvos in Parshas Kedoshim and Achrimos says how proud I am to be a Jew because the Torah refines our character. Shabbat Shalom to all. J.M. in the A.M., the Friedman family, Avramel and company, with the uh, a cappella version of Menucha Vesimcha. J.M. in the A.M., good morning. At 20 minutes before 9 o'clock on this Friday. Yes, we do have, in just a couple of minutes, we do have a contest coming up, as uh, we've been announcing, for free tickets for Sunday, for those of you who want to be at the um, 
OU Torah event at City Field, and why anybody would not want to be there, I have no idea. The lineup is simply remarkable. The um, the the lineup of speakers and the lineup of topics simply remarkable. It's as simple as that. And I, I as I've said all through this week, uh, it is amazing. You know, the first year they did this, we expected a pretty large registration, unique event, something brand new, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, it is amazing that they are already have surpassed last year's great accomplishment in terms of numbers, and the OU is ready for a Torah New York Sunday that is going to be like. Uh, like no other event. It is really amazing. So join us as the community gathers for a day of Limara Torah and Achdus. There's free parking at City Field. There's lunch available for purchase. It's going to be an all-day event ending at 6 p.m. And there are concurrent sessions. You will not know what to go to. That's how great the choices are. You won't know. I'm telling you. It's going to be the biggest problem everyone's going to have is how on earth are they going to decide what to go to and what not to go to. It really is as simple as that. Um, all right, so that's the uh, that's the story. Uh, those of you who want to save, go to ou.org and register right now for Sunday and put in the following code, TNY for Torah New York, TNY18NSN. TNY for Torah New York, 18NSN for Nahum Siegel Network. If you use that promo code, you get 50% discount. Make sure it's all capitals, tny 18 NSN, make sure you put in all capitals when you register right now at OU.org. And we'll give out some free tickets in a moment here at JM and the AM. A reminder that our friends at Mask have this very important event on Sunday. Mask is presenting a Viktor Frankl conference. The topic, Awakening Greatness in Children, Transforming the Intense Child. Featured speakers included by Y.Y. Jacobson and Howard Glasser, the founder of Nurtured Health Heart Approach the founder of Nurtured Heart Approach, this Sunday, April the 29th at Congregation Beth Torah, 1061 Ocean Parkway in Brooklyn. The parent track begins at 10.30. Go to maskparents.org. The professional tracks, uh, 9 until 5. Go to torahpsychology.org for this coming Sunday. Mask, over 21 years of servicing the community, families in need of help can use the Mask Confidential Helpline at 718 718- 758-0400, 718-758-0400. Mask has support groups and provides referrals for all mental health issues, including addiction, school issues, eating disorders, bullying, and more. And they provide in-school and camp staff trainings and community awareness programs as well. Utilize the Mask Confidential Helpline if your family is in need, 718-758-0400. Uh, Hatzala of Rockaway and Lawrence is uh, Rockaway in five towns, I should say, is having their big um, uh, barbecue uh, event this coming Sunday at the Sands. We wish them the best of luck. Uh, for those of you out there in the Long Island area, make sure to be there. Flatbush Hatzala has their big auction event at Shari Zion Sunday night. For those of you in the Flatbush community, make sure to be there and support the different Hatzala chapters doing an amazing job on a daily basis, day and night, we should say, to help families in our communities. Uh, candle lighting at 728. Sunday is Pesach Sheni, so get the Shmurah matzah ready, or any matzah ready for tomorrow night. And th- Thursday is Lagba Omer. We don't have our exact schedule set yet for Lagba Omer, but I can tell you one thing. If you tune into JM in the AM, we're going to have some good music. Oh, yes, we're going to have some good music Thursday. Make sure to be tuned in Lagba Omer morning here at JM in the AM. 27th day in the counting of the Omer. We are minutes away from Naomi Nachman's brand new edition of Table for Two. That's coming up at 9 o'clock. The Erev Shabbos Music Mix is brought to you by our friends at Kedem. That'll go until candle lighting time. 
And uh, Matis has JM Sunday this coming Sunday. You want to make sure to keep that in mind. Um, there we go. That's this coming Sunday with Matis starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time. And, of course, Saturday Night Seagull happens with Avrami every single Saturday night beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And we are officially recommending that as well. By the way, today on Table for Two, 15 minutes from now, Naomi Nachman, the Aussie Gourmet, will be joined by Gabe Geller of Royal Wines and Brent Delman, the cheese guy. Two of our favorite people will be together with wine and cheese 15 minutes from now right here at the Nachum Siegel Network with Naomi Nachman. Very much looking forward to that. And as I said, all through today, the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos Music Mix, there is no better way to go into a Shabbos than with our Erev Shabbos music mix. All right, we've got a couple of people out there that now have the potential to become winners. If you want to walk into City Field absolutely free this coming Sunday, if you want to walk into City Field absolutely free, no cost to you this coming Sunday, you want to be emailer number 10 or emailer number 11. Again, that's emailer number 10 or emailer number 11. Win at NahumSiegel.com. Win at NahumSiegel.com. Uh, W-I-N at N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L dot com. Two winners. Um, emailer number 10 and emailer number 11. Two winners, each with a pair of tickets for the OU City Field event this coming Sunday. We call it Torah New York. It is a remarkable lineup. A remarkable schedule, unbelievable topics, and it's all happening at City Field. There's a website. Check it out, ou.org. Again, that's ou.org. More coming up. This is JM in the AM as we've been featuring the music or the acapella, I should say, Zmiros of the Friedman family on a Friday morning at JM in the AM. <laughs> Shmanim, just like Mabda. 
with the Friedman family, Avremo and Company, acapella versions of what they call my Zadis Zemiros here at JMNAM. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Achrei Mos, and Kedoshim outside of Israel. 
Those are the partials we read this Shabbos. Candlelighting 728 in New York. A lot of synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know when things start where you are, of course. Sunday's Pesach Shani. Thursday this coming week is Lagba Omer. Make sure to be uh, tuned in all through the morning and all through the day as we do our best to really make it feel like Lagba Omer, to uh, pump out the music the way only we can on a Lagba Omer day. We're looking forward to it this Thursday, believe you me. <laughs> we certainly are. Today's day 27 in the counting of the Omer. Day 27, if you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Our 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 hearts and thoughts with the families in Israel who are suffering these terrible losses of the 10 teenagers who were killed in the flash flood in Israel. Unfathomable tragedy, an unfathomable natural disaster, uh, frankly. And our thoughts and prayers with the families as they uh, go through this horrific experience. Um, in general, the videos and the different uh, uh, scenes and, and photos that are coming out of Israel uh, over the last couple of days, impossible to believe, just unbelievable. And uh, again, we pray for those who are uh, who are suffering from all of this in the worst way possible. JM in the AM, a couple of reminders. Uh, OU event is Sunday. Congratulations to the winners of our contest. Uh, let me see if I have confirmation yet. Don't have it yet, but if you have not been informed, uh, by email that you're a winner, we strongly suggest you go to ou.org, go to ou.org, and uh, you will see all the information there regarding Sunday at City Field, including the schedule and the lineup of speakers. It is quite an impressive list, to say the least. It is really an impressive list. So everybody out there who uh, who's deciding what to do on Sunday, we are highly recommending you be there. If you're able to, I think it'll be an, a tremendous day of Torah and Achdus indoors at City Field. Kudos to the OU again for putting together a remarkable event and one that's gotten a phenomenal reaction. It is time to say good job. It's with Journeys at JM in the AM.
Israel and Achim our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Oh, yes, that'll do it for an amazing week here at JM. And they have a big shout out going out to Uden's Appliances, reminding you that they feature amazing kosher appliances because they are the kosher appliance specialist. They feature Wolf and Sub Zero appliances. Wolf and Sub Zero are Star K certified. You want to make sure to search Uden's Appliances before making your next major purchase. Also, a big shout out to Harry Rothenberg. His video blog that we call a vlog is on our. Network, 1 p.m. every Erev Shabbat, which means you'll hear it today at 1 o'clock as you listen in to our Erev Shabbos music mix. A big thank you to Harry Rothenberg and a big shout out and Shabbat Shalom to the Rothenberg Law Firm, uh, both for his Dvar Torah and for their incredible support. Have a fabulous Shabbos, great weekend. Monday morning, we're back starting at 6 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in all through the weekend, including right now, when Naomi Nachman presents Table for Two with Gabe Geller and Brent Delman, they are coming up next between 9 and 10 Eastern time right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Have a fabulous Shabbos, great weekend. Till Monday, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.